Welcome everybody to AfterBuzz TV's Brett Venture Brothers After Show. Tonight we're going to be breaking down Season 6, Episodes 1 and 2, Hostile Makeover and Maybe No-Go. We're going to find the best way to introduce yourself to your new employees, what to do when you can't, you can't arch your own sworn arch enemy, and not altering Molly Ringwald's involvement with the facts of life. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Look at that, everybody. The sweet tune, sweet rhythms of Duran Duran. There you go. And you know, yeah, big child, he loves, he loves to swing and sway. Yeah, I love to swing and sway. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to AfterBuzz TV's Venture Brothers After Show. Due to popular demand, we're going to be breaking down season six. Look at that. We got the full panel united here as we break down the entire season here. This, yeah, the, yeah, in the uh, coming weeks here. I'm your host Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. Joining me on the rest of the panel, went to my immediate left. We've got James Janice. That's right. You can find me on Twitter at James A Janice and everywhere else, and on YouTube at Practical Folks. And because one James isn't enough for this panel, we decided to double your pleasure, double the James. Ooh. We have James Grasso. Yes, and I am on Twitter at J G R A E S S L. At Twitter and also a practical folks on YouTube. Oh, look at that. Mm. And then rounding out the panel, mm. the man with the sweet, sweet moves, mm. Mr. Dave Child. The bread to this James sandwich. <laughs> yes. You can find me at MR Dave Child on Instagram or Twitter. Just go to DaveChild.com. <laughs> Probably we needed a freeze frame for a moment there. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, there yeah. you go. Put a little, little twinkle on your teeth right, right. there. Yes. I need that. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be breaking down the Venture Brothers uh, Season 6, but before we get into that, uh, let's just do a quick little round robin here about the the show as an entirety there. Right. So, uh, have you got, did you guys come in at the ground floor of Venture Brothers? Were you kind of a, a late arrival to the series? Where'd you guys jump in? I, I think I watched uh, basically starting from the Starting from the bottom, now we're here. Yep. Uh, maybe in the second season, I don't know. I got caught up, but I've loved the show like ever since, and it's great because it's just this. It's so layered. There's so many layers, and it just keeps building and building. And the show, it just feels like you know two guys in one room going, "What if we did this? All right, now we're doing that." What if we do this? And they just build and build and build. And I love the show for it. So it's great. Yeah, I was also there. I remember watching the season one finale back in 2003. Right. And I was like a 13-year-old. And uh, like wondering when I would get new episodes. And then finding them two years later. God, was that long ago? Yeah, it started in 2003. Yeah. Whoa. And now it is 13 years later and we just finished season six. Jeez. I'm so glad that you introduced me to the show later so that I didn't have to wait as long as you like ground yeah. floor fans. Like, that was yeah. painful. In a way, I'm sad that I missed out on years of Venture Brother fandom, but I was able to watch the first four seasons right away. Yeah. And it was, to be able to ingest them that quickly was fantastic because the character building that this show does and the yeah. worlds that they create is, is, is really what made me get into the show and love it as much as I do. Well, because it kind of started off as like a, John, a Johnny Quest kind of knockoff. Right, uh, and, right. But it's become so much more that it, with its own rich backstory and these characters that have just become so much more than what they are originally kind of parodies of. I yeah. Don't, I don't know any other series that trusted spans as much as this show because it never right. holds your hand and is like, hey, remember this guy or like the predicament he was in last time you saw him? No, it just moves forward mm -hmm. and keeps building and building like, yeah. relentlessly. And the references are just references 
one guy has. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> there's stuff that totally passes me over. Like, I, always, I don't get all the 80s pop music stuff. There's a lot of it. And I get a lot of the superhero stuff, but I also don't get all of the Hanna-Barbera stuff that's mm-hmm. also there. So it's all these... It's You have to, like, reference so many different sides of your brain. It's like an ocean show. of deep poles. Yeah. It's, it's so wide and then they go so specific and right. know, it's insane. And but it's, I love how many lines they put in the water. Like the, right. the fact that like with the 80s pop music or the superhero stuff or mm-hmm. super obscure uh, just general even historical kind of events and mm-hmm. things like that from times that don't make sense with what the, the world is supposed to be in. Yeah. The fact that they drop all these little hints and you can pick up little things here and there and still fill out the full uh, the full experience of the show without right. having to pick up on every single joke. Yeah. It, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I know one episode that stuck out to me early on was uh, Escape to the House of Mummies Part 2. Mm-hmm. Just because right. the storytelling structure that you're coming into the second part of a two-parter, they don't do anything to even really fill you in on what this first part was about. It's so good. Yeah, uh, It was so great. I really enjoyed that. And that happens even throughout the show. There's all these characters that keep coming in and I keep having to like think do have i met that character yet i think i did but briefly it just i i love it yeah but it is really frustrating as far as all the weights go because right. being a fan of this series is like being a fan of a song of ice and fire like you wait years for something but mm-hmm. you you do it because you know that it'll be great when it finally happens yeah i was uh was talking before we uh turned on the mics we were talking about watching gargantua 2 mm-hmm. uh the the special that happened in the beginning of 2015 yeah and i i missed it when it came out in 2015 i was a bad fan at that point but so i just watched i was going through a dark phase and <laughs> i just didn't realize it was on and then uh i so i saw it this week for the first time and i had this moment of like all these who are all these characters? <laughs> so many, and I should know all of them, and I know most of them, but I don't, like, Henchman Zero, I forgot about. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's yes. popped up many times. Yeah. But just, like, one episode every... Right, now. every now and then, and I just had to, like, dive into the, the Wikipedia just to be like, <laughs> okay, okay, who is this? All right, perfect. Okay. Was it Scott something? His real name? Yeah, his name is like Scott or yeah, just something regular. It's like, oh, no, why'd you tell me your real name? Now it's Pathos when you die. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, as Dave brought up uh, uh, all this thing against War Two, the the one-off special they did last yeah. year for that, that kind of uh, kind of served as like a bridging point between seasons five and season six, and really did a good job of kind of capping everything we've seen so far in the first five seasons, and then kind of resetting the status quo, yeah. taking us into season six. Definitely, I feel like this was them uh, kind of just being like. Hey, we we've built up all this backstory and all these these characters in this expanded universe, and it's too much for us now. Uh, it, I, I feel like it maybe was restricting the stories they wanted to tell, and oh, so right. they, they yeah. kind of like wipe the board clean. They they kill off some characters. They move from the venture compound. They kill the venture right. compound and move to New York, and only a handful of characters move with them. So because yeah. well, certainly one thing that I did enjoy as they kind of reset the status quo is they brought Brock back in directly to the venture family. Because I, I of course. once he left, it just wasn't as much fun having him be just kind of tangentially involved with the OSI. I missed having him actively involved with the venture family. I yeah. liked the story though that it provided for Hank and mm-hmm. having Hank deal with the lo- the, the ab- not the loss but the absence of Brock and the absence of that kind of strong father figure is something that I think that the show does so well is, is, is dealing with father issues and daddy issues right. and things like that. 
Um, but when yeah, when Brock comes back in as as part of the venture team, you're excited because you yeah you want him there. You want him to be, you know, in that room with the Zeppelin poster and the the speakers like like it was old the old venture yeah. compound. Like you want him right there. It's you feel safer there as a fan almost. Because <laughs> yeah, I feel like right. Sergeant Hatred just never did it for me as in terms of as a no. really long term replacement for for Brock. He was good in small doses, but when he's around all the time, he's, I was like, Ugh. well, the thing is, the show is about two things. The show is about failure. A lot of failure, which uh, I think they've uh, Jackson Public and, and Doc Hammer have talked about, and family. I think it's mm-hmm. about family and sticking together as a family. And Brock is a part of that family, so it's it's not you know with uh, Sergeant Hatred coming in, he's just he felt like the creepy uncle, and he didn't <laughs> feel like a member of the family, and he kind of. It and, didn't quite gel. And they leaned on that creepy uncle part yes. of it yes. a little yeah. too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was a strange joke to I, lean on. I did enjoy the episode where they go see Lord of the Rings, and it really brings it to the, the center and like deals with it in a kind of a serious way. Like He, he has this problem that he doesn't want to have, and he right. ends up like locking himself in a room. And I, and I wish that that had been it for that asset of the character. I just mm-hmm. wish that yeah. uh, they just buried it after that, but it still keeps popping they up still like, in these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And well, these my episodes. question with the first episode of season six, when they do have hit the reset and Brock does rejoin the, the Venture family, mm-hmm. why keep hatred around? Like of all the characters that they got rid of and all the characters that they're kind of throwing aside, they're, they're going to throw aside Orpheus, but they're going to keep hatred yeah like right I, I don't know what kind of benefit hatred serves well, in these in these first two episodes wait isn't it vatred now well okay <laughs> but well i i liked what he did in the second episode i like how he was he ended up being kind of brock's like right hand man mm-hmm. and i think that dynamic works well yeah. where he it's not just Brock now. It's like kind of a team, mm. and they're building kind of a team because now they're at the top of the, the top of the um, superhero list, right? As far as uh, who they need to defend. So it's nice to have those two kind of play off of one another because they both care for the family. So that it could be good. But I do miss the triad. I mean, they were so yeah, yeah the triad. Sure. Was yes, so good. they were great. And I'm sure that's not going to be the last we see of them after their no. d- a tremendous failure of defending the venture <laughs> compound. Yeah. Uh, but what what character we did lose uh, in uh, in the special was uh, Jonas Venture Jr. Yeah, JJ. Yes, we took him off the canvas, so to speak. I mean, the Wii I, chairman. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So I, do you feel like all right? That was oh, we've seen enough of his character. It was time to kind of move him on. Do you guys miss having him as part of the show? Even as uh, he's kind of a tangential character. Well, I, it's I was gonna say like going back to the failure motif. It's fun to have the one brother be successful the entire time. But I love that in the end he kind of fails too, and that everyone fails. And I think. I like that he went away so uh, that the family's back on top now and they get a chance to fail horribly again. Yeah. And I feel like that was needed because there were two on the bottom and they had nowhere to go mm-hmm. except, like, up. And so now that they're up, they can go back down, <laughs> which is what we really want to see. So I agree. Uh, I think that it sets up that fall again, especially mm-hmm. in the way that Ru- now you're handing the keys of this, this huge tech empire, Rusty. What yeah. is he going to do to mess it up? Um, and I also like that it gives the characters something serious to deal with. We've seen it before that with characters deal with character deaths, which is something in a show that's kind of a superhero show, a genre yeah. show, 
that you don't see in a lot of that type of genre things where like characters can die and they're kind of forgotten about or they come back or whatever and there aren't these huge consequences but in Venture Brothers whether they're a henchman with no name or right. they're the main character you know one of the main characters brothers there's going to be consequences to to that death and i think that early in this first episode when they have the J phones. Yeah, I was and, say. and JJ's yeah. voice is the voice of the the Siri equivalent, and, and they're just bothered. Yeah, by they're it. like yeah. too, too soon. soon. Yeah, uh, I really like that joke and and the way that they go for that kind of like that really real emotion of of dealing with that kind of grief, but it's still funny because it's like, oh yeah, he's he put himself as the voice of the phone. That's such a JJ thing to do, right? And I like that, uh, you know. Venture Brothers, for having so many characters, it also fake kills a lot of them often. Mm -hmm. Like, you'll think a character's dead and then it brings it back. I, I know they did that with Colonel Gentleman early on. Mm -hmm. And they just, they've done it a lot. And I, I think that, you know, with all these characters, and at this point we care about so many of them, I, I kind of like to see some of them die, even if I enjoy their characters. It just yeah. adds more weight to it. Yeah. Although there was that scene where uh, when Jonas does tell Rusty what, that he's sick and he's dying of cancer and the investors come in, it felt like Jonas and the investors had something kind of going on there for a second, but, but that never followed up or paid off in any sort of way. Yeah, he was uh, he had, he needed to go to the investors to pay for the whole space station, which was I thought was great because it showed J.J. kind of dipping down into the failure, like teaming up with supervillains in order to kind of get something done. Um and it also linked it with uh, with uh, Dr. Killinger really yeah. well. Yes. So. Well, and speaking of Dr. Killinger, as much as we set, reset the Venture Brothers status quo leading into season six, we also uh, reset like the uh, the whole uh, uh, monarch. yeah the monarch and everything for uh, the yeah. villains. The guild gets reset. Do you guys reset. feel like he's living in the house from Fight Club right now? Yeah, I got oh, that I, vibe for sure. Do you sure. think is that oh, on, I thought on it purpose? Was the, I thought it was the Don Draper house from Mad Men. I yeah. think I mean, yeah, maybe it's both. There, but it's. It's, it's the New same Jersey, house. right? Like, yeah, it is Jersey. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, and it looks just like yeah. the Fight Club house. Yeah, yeah you're And I right. think it's meant to, I think they designed it off of the Fight Club house, mm -hmm. knowing them. And it, it, like, it just kept reminding me of it. You're definitely supposed to pick up on something like that. Like, right. it's definitely calling back to one of these kind of decrepit, broken down uh, old Victorian houses that doesn't belong in the modern kind of world and that's yeah. that's where the monarch's at really is that is he's not a part of this new guild and dr mrs totally is she's right there and she gets the bureaucracy and she's on the council but the monarch is too old school mm -hmm. and you know he's he's all drama and all talk and and doesn't fit and in all with the, heart. this yeah <laughs> yeah he's, he's, all he's all hate he's, he's in love hate. well yeah because he's in love with rusty still you know he's still <laughs> In love with his arch nemesis, and who he might, has to kind of keep it. Who might be his brother, maybe? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, because uh, since we reset the kind of the guild, we got rid of the sovereign. Do you right. feel like the, uh, that side of the, with the guild and the sovereign had that become so convoluted that you appreciate having kind of a status reset going into season six, or is that like, yeah, it was fine. And this is just a kind of a different thing. I mean, the whole show is so convoluted, and some of it doesn't make sense. I've heard that if you watch the entire series from uh, Colonel Gathers's perspective, that it makes zero sense like his motivation <laughs> right. for all his like side switching and gender switching and everything it just doesn't make any sense so yeah. i think i think tri and it's never taken away from my enjoyment i've even when yeah. i even when an episode ends and i'm like that wasn't resolved 
it doesn't matter because I, I laughed a lot. But uh, yeah, and I think also simplifying f- is good. It also makes it feel like the world's bigger than it is because it feels like oh, we just don't see the end of that storyline and they finish it off screen. Uh, but I like it right now because it puts Doctor Mrs. in a really good spot and where she's at the you know head of the supervillain totem pole while uh, her husband is right at the bottom. Yeah. So that's a great dynamic, and I think we needed that to happen, and that wasn't happening with the Sovereign, because she's kind of the new Sovereign as part of, like, the head of the uh, Council of Thirteen right now. Did anyone else catch the, like, allusion to the Articles of Confederation that was in there? No. What is what? when they're discussing uh, having a new Sovereign, and... One of the things that uh, I forget their heads, the Red Baron uh, uh, or Red Dragoon. Red, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, uh, in the early days, we didn't even have a central authority figure. The thirteen, the Council of Thirteen, ruled as like equals, and that's totally the Articles of Confederation. And it oh was ineffective, and it was replaced with the Constitution, which had a president. Mm. So, jeez, ah, that's, cuts. That's, that's the kind yeah. of jokes we're getting. <laughs> that's one of those jeez. little lines in the in the water that like only one out of four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I get excited with like, no, that's from train spotting. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> confederation of what? <laughs> but with the with the guild uh, articles of confederation notwithstanding, <laughs> I. Uh, I like that they refocused it with one of our main characters while still leaving it yes. to be this kind of big organization. Like it, when they have that meeting and they pan across the crowd and all of the other villains are like raising their objections, you see villains that you've seen throughout the series mm-hmm. and it's still this big organization so we can still have that kind of huge world and the small little jokes that it provides with some of the best jokes throughout the series are, are, are villains that mm-hmm. with like Brick Frog. Brick Frog is hilarious. And yeah. that's a one-off joke that's a villain. Uh, and we see Brick Frog in that crowd. But it's... So I like that they have that door open still while giving us a view into the bigger machinations of, of the guild through Dr. Mrs. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, as we start off in Season 6, we find the uh, the ventures. They, they're moving on up uh, to the east side of New York there. They got that sweet, <laughs> yeah. sweet uh, venture sky, uh, skyscraper they can head into. Mm-hmm. And I do like their first move is uh, Rusty just fires everybody. Right fires everyone. <laughs> Immediately the wrong move. Yes. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I, I love that. I love how he, like, he didn't learn any lesson. No. He just fires everyone. And I can't understand the point of that. It's like, wouldn't you want to just keep everybody employed so that you you don't have to do any no, work? Yeah, that sense. seems a little... Yeah, that one I was like, why did he do that? Well, he had the <laughs> giant venture compound that was totally devoid of everybody. Yeah. And now he's got this skyscraper. Maybe he was just like, there's too many people. Maybe he's agoraphobic and it's <laughs> on top of everything else. He probably just wants... He, he probably just doesn't want anyone to tell him no. Yeah, yeah. I think he's showing his balls right there. I think he's just going like... <laughs> uh, or beep. Uh, and I think he just wanted to be like, I'm the man of the place, so you're all fired because I can do that. I have the power. I'm back at the top. Not thinking of any consequences. No consequences. He doesn't. Rusty. Yeah, he doesn't think of that. He doesn't even consider, like you know, the fact that he doesn't even have the ability to run a company. Like, it's amazing. It or or to create a new invention at all. He's not smart. No. <laughs> he doesn't have anything going for him except like a nice 
family and uh, good taste in track suits. That's about <laughs> it. Or speed suits. And a pirate. And a pirate. Still and pirate. the one thing I, I've enjoyed about the series with uh, Hank and Dean is the way they've evolved their looks over the, yeah, sure. the course of the season. Definitely. I was so happy about that because I think in season five I was like, okay, I get what you're doing. Emo but Dean. they look so gross. Yeah. yeah. They look so, and the like little like patches of hair. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, this is, okay, but I kind of miss them looking so young all the time. I like that they got rid of the clone story and like the clone thing happened, which is why they were so young all the time. And yeah. then you started to see them age, which was blew my mind. It's what other show would do that. What yeah. other cartoon would take its central characters who dress the same way and are the same way right. and actually let them grow yeah. by killing off all their clothes. Well, that's one of the best moves I think the show ever made. And, and I was a little bit, Disappointed in these first two episodes that we didn't get more Hank and Dean. Mm, that's true. Um, I think they're kind of resetting the scene right now, right? Because I I'm really interested in how they're building, because they're becoming more adults, so they're becoming more of what they want to become. Like you see, we're seeing um, we're seeing Hank be more trying to be Justin Bieber for one, which is great, <laughs> <laughs> and trying to be like you know the the playboy rich kid. Uh, but really, he's he's inching his way towards just being like Brock, or just being this like adventure person. Uh, and then, and he gets like a, a fishy love interest, mm-hmm. yeah. which is pretty great. I'm really interested to see where that goes. And uh, and then you get like uh, you get Dean becoming actually smart and intelligent, and it seems like he might actually be able to run the company. Yeah. I, I do like that, uh, Hank's uh, potential fishy girlfriend. The, the way that she just kind of relaxes, just like floating dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> like, I love this the animation of her diving into yeah, the yeah, pool and then, just, and then just floating there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, "Wait a second, <laughs> so good." That was nice. And we even see a helper. Even he's got a base, a bit of a jealousy going on. Oh, yeah. Yes, the jealousy J bot. I love Helper. Yeah. Little beeps. He takes out his like his arsenal, which is just like a blowtorch and like a, a yeah. blade. Yeah. Yes. But I love. I noticed that like, when he goes to join the fight, too, he's defeated stuff. by stairs. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to, to stop Helper. Wait, when like did, swivel chair legs? When did uh, when did Helper quit being a giant spider? The uh, the eye spider thing was that? Right, he was like in a head at some point. Uh, I don't know. It might have been in the move to New York because he was the <laughs> yeah. spider for a while after yeah. season three when they blew him up. Yeah, because the end of season three has him blowing up, his head lands, and then in season Brock. four he's a spider. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find it. But if not, <laughs> and someone could let us know. Once we do have the adventures there in New York, they do find out that we uh, find out they meet, come across the Crusaders Action League. Who oh, I don't so love good. them, which I always love uh, their takes on uh, parodying superheroes and coming up with their different <laughs> interpretations of them. So we've got Stars and Garters, the crust- Crusters and Captain <laughs> America, Warrior, who's like a Thor kind of S thing, and then Fallen and Archer. Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah when, and then Fallen Archer, which that. Fallen Archer. With, with the feet, the, his feet hop back the into arches, the yeah. Yes. I love how also they have the tendency to. They don't. Is this the first time we saw Fallen Archer? Or have we met him before? As far as I can remember. Yeah. I, this is the first time I remember seeing him. And I, they did not say their names when they appeared. No. So you had a scene with Fallen Archer where it just looked like Hawkeye with foots, <laughs> foot arrows in his back. And that's it. Yeah. And then yeah. he's talking for a while. And it <laughs> takes like 
a good like five to six minutes before he goes fallen archer and then the the joke pays off yeah but it takes forever and i love that that's more of that trust that we mentioned earlier of yeah that, that the creators have in their audience is, is that they they introduce this visual joke and we just have to know well they're gonna this is whatever this is gonna be this is great like those feet are there for a reason everything in this show is there for a reason right yeah i love uh i love his pitch like the way he reads uh, the <laughs> yes. pitch to Dr. Venture is great yeah. and I love the line that introduces them he's like pretty much the Avengers are out there like, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah it's not even like hinting around yeah. the fact yeah and that's that's perfect for uh, that's perfect for uh, Hank too because he's always like dressing up as Batman as Bat. well and so he's like referencing stuff that exists in our world all the time. Yeah, so. it's, it's like how it's like how the show is a start off as a parody of Johnny Quest, but then Johnny Quest Shows is up. a character in, yeah. the, yes. in the universe. Yeah, it's it's like the Venture Brothers always have a a parallel to something in the real world, yeah. and then the real world thing too. And it never goes the direction you expect it to go. It's not just a straight parody. No, it's this whole weird tone of voice and intelligence that just belongs to like these two guys <laughs> and they're really good at it and they're just telling their story and we're just along for the ride and so they can reference stuff like Duran Duran I know we're not on the second are we on the second episode yet? not quite okay Make it when away. we get to that it's just a Duran a real extensive discussion on a Duran Duran music video I didn't even know existed. Yeah, I had to look it up after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I did enjoy is once they're back here in the New York compound, something that was just fun to see again was uh, uh, Rusty and Brock hopping in a jet and taking off and flying around. Yes. yes. Yeah, Which, the animation even mimics like back in the old days. Yes. Like the way Rusty sits and the, the yep. pulling back. It's I was just like, like oh, it. all right, this is nice. I like seeing this again. And of course, it leads into everything that uh, goes wrong for them because they blow up the windows of the wide whale. <laughs> and yeah. also now he wants to be part of the guild so that he can have uh, Venture as his arch. He wants to arch him. Yeah. Which then screws the monarch. So, kind of say, right. again, uh, Rusty setting the seeds of his own fa destruction right there. <laughs> well, I loved yeah. in that scene, too, that when, they're, when they fly in the plane, that they're flying right to left. They're like, they're going backwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, oh. And it's just another little visual nod that, that, the, that the show is so good at. That just ties everything together. Yeah, they're just going right back to just ruining everything. Yeah. Right. And they just getting all this suit. progress. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> nope. Yeah. 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 yeah speed suit. Gotta get twenty year old speed suit there. Yeah. Get, yes. Yeah. Like, all right. Sweet. Great. Great deal. Uh, so we find out we kind of had like an indecent proposal there with Wide Whale and uh, Doctor Mrs. The Monarch. There. Well, that's thought, what it seemed like. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was going to be that. That kind of playing it up that way. Another Mad Men reference. I'm pretty sure with uh, Joan and the it's Jaguar an guy. It's an indecent proposal. Well, that too, but I feel like with with uh, with the guy's size and just the way it was shot, I I really got oh you got that madman that reference. might just be like that you situation. cast the fat guy <laughs> you cast the fat guy in order that that's the one guy <laughs> to make it more skeevy yeah <laughs> it's not gonna be a good looking guy well it was an indecent proposal but that's like right. yeah I feel like if madman and you know this it's better to have. A fat guy. Also, he's kind of a kingpin reference, mm -hmm. right? For sure. Yeah. This whale guy? Yeah. He's... And Vito Corleone. There's mm -hmm. some of that in there, too. With his daughter and everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or there's a Black Lightning villain, too. Uh, the whale, too. That uh, was... Uh, that, oh. Yeah, looked as well from DC Comics. Oh. Really? Yes. I didn't know about that guy. Yeah. That's, That's what's amazing. Black Light he was a Black Lightning character? Yes. That is... <laughs> Terrible. That <laughs> <laughs> the Black Lightning character gets a whale villain. Yes! <laughs> 
I mean, that's like, you just shoot the water with your lightning powers. One, the whale has nothing to do with lightning at all. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so we, uh, we, okay. we've we got all that there. And then we the other one that's kind of going downhill is the captain. Yeah, yes, they brought him yeah. over. Uh, yes, his got name is just Pirate. <laughs> yes, <laughs> can we can we name him now? Yeah, yeah, the kitten uh, was so cute. The, the kitten oh. was so cute. <laughs> the bucket for the kitten. Oh, yeah, sadly, the monarch and Edge uh, Twenty One. They 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 get him hooked back on the tranks, guys. Yeah. That's yeah. a tough one. The dart monkey on me back. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of my favorite reoccurring characters because Ghost of Sargasso is mm-hmm. one of the standout episodes of season one. That was yes. the first one you showed me. First yeah, it's the first one I show everyone me. because. Right. Like those first couple episodes are a little rough, so I'm like, here, let me show you this to show you the tone of the show, and then yeah. we can go back from the beginning. And it's just so hilarious that this guy pops up again and is just a character, and he still is. Uh, he's still yeah. around. Some pirate trying to like help out with corporate affairs, like he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks, uh, so you crazy. know that was clearly them. Who does the voice of that character? I'm, One of the two. Yeah, because it must be like I really like this voice. Exactly. <laughs> I really want to keep doing this voice. And it's uh, so in the second episode. Are we getting into the second sure, episode? Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the second episode, what he when they try to when they try to like save him and kind of bring him back from the dart thing, that also goes back to that whole like the theme of failure and the theme of family and about how you could fail if you're part of the family. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he is a member of the family because he was a member of uh, JJ family. Yeah, at this point. And he's joined sure. this one, so... And as much of a family that we have on that side, too, what I do also like is a sense of family that we got between 21 Monarch and Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. Yes. yes. True. That's really uh, shaping And up I feel like, be. yeah, 21 and the Monarch, I mean, certainly they really built that up. Because, I mean, he really didn't care much about his henches at all. But he yeah. always had, like, some sort of soft spot for 21. And it's just, like, how it's kind of built. Him leaving for a while, then coming back, and then uh, almost kind of being more competent in the yeah. sense when he came Two back. Two-ton 21. Yes. Yeah. Their relationship and the way that they built it up to where their banter is just so natural. It, like, natural beyond a cartoon, beyond a genre show, beyond a sitcom. It's just one of the best relationships I can think of on, t- on TV. Like <laughs> Monarch and 21. Monarch and 21. Like, it's just so real. They're friends. Yeah, like, there's, I so believe them as friends who deeply care about each other at this point. I was like, I'll just leave her in my sticky goo. <laughs> yeah. Sticky yes. triumph. Sticky <laughs> triumph. And he's like, I hate that you tell me this stuff now. Yeah. And that's oh. wonderful. Like, that they, and then it's just like, yep, this is their life. Like, yeah. he's just eating cereal in the morning. Yeah. I also love what he says, and I'm 21. Of one, <laughs> <laughs> even from the the special where they're on the rocket ship and they're playing, uh, you know, what twenty one questions or whatever, and he's like yeah. Lance Burton and he guesses right at the end, mind blown. It's like yeah. the fact that they spent all that time trying to figure out who this magician was. Ah, yeah. oh, that was great. Uh, so uh, yeah, we figured out, you know, what's Monarch gonna do? I mean, because he's kind of uh, he can't hench, he can't hench ventures anymore. That's what yeah. that, that's what he wants to do. He's at a level six now. Yeah, no, 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 a level like not a three. No, no, he was on the books as a six, but that's when he had a cocoon and a bunch of henchmen. Now, right. he, if she reassessed, he would be a three, maybe a four. He'd be a three, maybe a four. <laughs> yeah. So he has to. He could find someone who fits that range. But instead, he's going to the people that are slightly above him and trying to just have them sign, sign away the idea that they don't want to hench for, uh, they don't want to be the arch for the ventures. But he, so he's probably going to come head to head with the whale, is my guess. Well, speaking of that uh, upcoming confrontation, remember the last guy that he henched besides Dr. Venture? It was Dr. Dugong. 
who is revealed in this second so episode uh-huh. as probably being the brother of Wide Whale. Right. Because Wide Whale's backstory is cuttlefish research. And Dr. Dugong had he had cuttlefish. No, yeah, it was wasn't that made explicit because it's Dr. Ong. He's yeah. the Ong brother. Oh, was Dr. Dugong shown? Yeah, because yeah, they said du- him and his brother Ong. were working on the cuttlefish yeah. Okay. stuff, yeah. and they, yeah. they see him working together. So, yeah. just great. So, yeah, I wonder if w- Widewell knows that the monarch killed his brother. Right. Oh, that's leading up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and what we also have in this episode, too, are probably two of my favorite. Uh, supporting characters ever introduced in the Venture Brothers is you know we got Billy the Quiz Boy, yes. and we got uh, we got White. So that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and that Billy the Quiz Boy and the Pale Pilgrim, the Pink Pilgrim, the Pink Pilgrim. That's yes. such a great. Yeah, is that opening sequence was so good. I love that. That was so like classic Venture Brothers episode for me that yeah. they like did this like nod to like old adventure series with with. The like boxy like sliding open Hanna Barbera yeah right yeah. and 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 then carry that kind of thread throughout with like the big dramatic where they're like in the chairs and they're like working on their mm-hmm. the, to mm-hmm. fight the Truckosaurus right. and their 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 nemesis uh, um, of Saint Cloud Saint Cloud, Cloud, Saint Cloud yeah. Yeah. Augustus Saint Cloud <laughs> I love how their his their nemesis is wrapped up in as much pop culture as they are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's like what they're battling over is pop culture references mm-hmm. and stuff, weird random stuff from the past. And they... The Duran Duran... The ball from the Duran Duran music video that we had to look up, and we started uh, this episode with the music from that music video, by the way. It was a reference to that. was just was such a weird, funny thing to just focus on. With pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of the Klaus Kinski and David Bowie. Yeah. Like the Sovereign with Klaus Kinski, like palling around. They really love 80s music. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. And that's, that's great. <laughs> I loved uh, that Billy is so passionate about so that. So passionate. Like, that's what the world is to him. He yeah. said, we sit, you know, when they, when they get the ball back after selling their company. It's like we saved the world by doing this because right. he, get, he gives that whole speech about the history of new romantic music, <laughs> which I love. I, I love that stuff. I think he said something about like system of a down would form in, in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like in what? what? Yeah, <laughs> like system of a down and Static X. I think they referenced, <laughs> which was like that was me. That was my high school, and I remember listening. I think I listened to System of a Down while I was watching the first <laughs> like Venture Brothers episodes. <laughs> right. Right? That would make sense. I think it would like lined up 2003 around there. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was that blew my mind. Also, the the reasoning on that is just out of the world. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like half of it, like everything that was like at least TV related uh, pop culture from the eighties. I was like, okay, Facts of Life, Bobby Ringwald. I got it. I got right, it. Kim right, Fields right. got it. Uh, but when we started getting like the, all the music, I was like, sure. He's okay, doing his sure. hair. All right. He's doing his hair and referencing the exploited yeah, the Tool exploited Academy. Tool Academy. I don't I mean, like a seagull. <laughs> Who knows? Flock of seagulls, of course. Yeah, but. Yeah. but there, it's Tool all Academy. Deep pulled, but like I, yeah. you gotta remember, like because because venture is so true to character things. Like Pete White was a college radio DJ, yeah. right? And like you know, think about in uh, Operation Prom when he plays those pulp records. Oh, that's right. You know, right. like he's gonna do this like new wave, like deep pull Brit pop stuff. That's his identity. Yeah, yeah. And that's I love that. That's what this world is to those guys, and that's what they're so pa- like. You know, it's rusty. Saying he wants to start the super science division of of uh, of venture tech, like that's his world. Is is the 
the yeah. super science world. It's that's the the lens that these characters view things through. Also, another real life reference or parallel. Uh, I know that Ventec is mostly an Apple parody, but mm-hmm. when Dean suggests that they make a splinter company to do all the big dreaming stuff and have like uh, the other division of the company do like the style thing, didn't Google Is do that, that Google? with Alphabet? Alphabet. Yeah. 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 So I was like, oh man. That's that's what I really like is that the show doesn't, once it makes like a parallel or an analogy, it doesn't just like restrict itself to that. It One character, for instance, can be a parody of many different mm-hmm. characters. Right. Yeah, and we find out at the end, uh, to save that ball, they sell their company to St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. That's the way they had to do it. But then we find out that Venture, he buys the company from St. Cloud. Yeah, which yep. is a great way yes. to bring them all yes. in the same place. Definitely. Yeah. And one of my biggest questions from uh, Gargantua 2 is, are we going to see conjectural technologies again? Like, mm-hmm. cause, Yeah, because Pete and Billy are such cool characters. And it's right. always been fun when they were ever at the compound helping out Venture, trying to get something mm-hmm. done, that, when he'd overpromised something and needed help to get something. Like, guys, come on, help me out with the shrink ray. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to do a shrink yeah. ray, guys. <laughs> so it's great to have them all in the fold. So I you know, feel like we kind of wrapped up our, our couple episodes, but that seems like uh, we've got some predictions to be made about the rest of the season. Mm. We could talk about some speculation based on the first two episodes we've seen. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Oh, I know God. Dave wow, is just yeah. brewing with predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cup full of predictions that Dave's been drinking <laughs> from. Oh, let me get some of that prediction, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. Now I'm on the spot. Uh, <laughs> well, I think uh, I'm curious about, like, uh, you know, who's dead, who might be coming back. Uh, I feel like there's always room for people to come back from the dead, especially when there's no body. So, That's and changing. we have seen someone, we have seen someone in space who was, you know, suspended, shot into space, suspended, yeah. and then came back. Turned into a red Hulk, which yes. was a great Yes, that was fantastic. Reference. He, I didn't he enjoy finally that. got to be a Hulk. Yeah, he <laughs> finally got to be a Hulk. And he was so happy about it. <laughs> and uh, and so and so JJ's out there could come back. They could end up being like, maybe. Um, which would be a nice little like tie in with the rest of uh, at the end of the season. Sovereign is dead, but we just saw like we saw an eagle get shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying Sovereign could come back. Uh, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm not sure where this is going because they always surprise me. I think they're going to make... They're going to make Dean smarter. And I think he has the chance to actually save the company, which makes me wonder how he's going to ruin it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those are my predictions. I I kind of agree with Dean. I'm excited to see where Dean goes. Uh, I want to see him... I want to see him go to college, I guess. Uh, he had that scene where he toured the campus, so I want to see if he actually succeeds where Rusty failed. If he is successful at the company, if he does go to college and actually graduate, how is Rusty going to react to Dean's success? Yes. Mm. You know, Not well. Like, yeah, right? That's something that I, I can't wait to see. And I also am curious, what is that cave at the end of the episode, the second episode, that the monarch finds in his basement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's a pretty sweet lair hanging out down there. Yeah, for sure. That Manolo vine. I'm thinking thinking the Fight Club reference might come into play later. I don't know. I haven't seen ahead of the season. I know all of them are out now. But they could do a Project Mayhem thing. They're going to make a bunch of soap down there? Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, you know, he starts to become a Tyler Durden-type character, which would be kind of funny. Yeah. I would just want to see more of the Venture Brothers and the Venture Brothers. Right. I really feel like the show has left them behind. 
and I get it. There's more. There's other things to to look at, but especially just seeing them having grown so much right. since mm-hmm. where they start. I want to see that continue. So uh, I hope we get more than just a few minutes of screen time for Hank and Dean. They planted yeah. that seed with Hank for sure. With the with, with the, the girl, fish lady? With the girl yeah. fish lady. Yeah. Now, any chance I get to see of just the core four of them, uh, Brock, uh, Rusty, Hank, and Dean, just doing their thing. But mm-hmm. especially when you get to see Brock kind of go off the deep end where he's fighting. But it's always just in relation to just with uh, Hank, Dean, and, and Rusty. It's not with the OSI and some kind of mission elsewhere, but it's just right. him beating the snot out of somebody just way going way over the top yeah. uh, in proximity to Hank, watching him puke like he did with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with Zero, and he did it over in Greek Genshwa too. He just snapped him, right, like broke his neck. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, and uh, I feel like we, Orphea, the try is too cool that we can't, they, they're yeah, going to come back. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. They gotta come Dana back. Snyder. If you have Dana Snyder, use Dana Snyder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Does he do Shore Leave? No, I think he just does the alchemist. Oh, he doesn't voice every right. gay character. Right? <laughs> 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 All right, so that's going to do it here for uh, for our, this episode of After Buzz, uh, Venture Brothers recap for episodes one and two. But we're going to be back next week breaking down another couple episodes of this season six. In the meantime, let's uh, like us on Facebook. Rate us, give us a sweet five stars on iTunes. Yeah, yeah those five stars. Share, tell your tell your family and friends about us. Yes, and then we can continue <laughs> the conversation on Twitter, but uh, don't spoil it because we're just watching along. You know, we're, we're, we're newbies yeah. on the season six. Don't ruin it for us. But uh, Dave, they want to continue that conversation with you on Twitter. You know what? I can tell you where to find me. Oh, how about that? You can find me at Mr. Dave Child on Twitter. Just, oh, you know, tweet right. at me. Love it. Tell me your feelings. Tell me what your thoughts on life is. <laughs> <laughs> James Grass, where can they find you? They can find me at J-G-R-A-E-S-S-L at, on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, all things TV. Please tweet. Please tweet. I love talking about TV. Oh, and uh, Mr. James Janice. Yeah, James A. Janice on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Practical folks on YouTube. We like TV. <laughs> TV. That's right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie. Love to talk about all these TV shows and uh, you know just the apple pie. If you guys know where good apple pie is in Los Angeles, come oh, on, let yeah. me know. I'm always on the mood for a Simple good things. slice of apple pie. So yes, I would agree. Simple good place for sure. Yeah, the uh, pumpkin strusel, delicious over there. <laughs> there you go. Until next time, folks. We'll see you back here next Sunday to break down more Adventure Brothers season six on After Buzz TV. Stay tuned, everybody. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.